that pass to Plum. Here come the Aces on the run. The Energizer looks for Ty Young. Sprints to the hoop. Off the glass and good. good, good, good. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, mercy. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show, show. For the fourth quarter of game number four, it's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Hammy's gonna let one fly! Jason Blade! Jason Blade! What a three from half court! Oh my goodness! Are you kidding me? TC Martin. There are six seconds to go, and the Energizer hit a wild, crazy, improbable three to give the Aces the lead. The doctor is now in. In, in, in. Getting ready for a, what, three-day weekend? Some people probably started off yesterday. Four-day weekend. Maybe a five-day weekend. That's true. Take a week off. What the heck? Fourth of July, no matter where you're at. T.C. Martin, Sam Gordon in the house today for Ballpark. Frank, appreciate him. Stitch Duran in the house as well, too. Sunset Station on this fabulous Friday edition. Getting ready for some NBA playoffs coming up this weekend. We've got game number three tonight, the Stanley Cup Finals between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens. The Las Vegas Aces, they are in action tonight against the L.A. Sparks. And then uh, they come back home, Sam, on Sunday for a three-game homestand, the Atlanta Dream coming to town on Sunday. Uh, the Mandalay Bay, the Michelob Ultra Arena, starting to get raucous again. And wish that we could have those seven, eight, nine, ten thousand fans that we've uh, you know seen in years past, but uh, still capped at two thousand fans. But uh, the Las Vegas Aces, let's say it together, brother, twelve and four, the best record in the WNBA, and looking like the best team in the WNBA, yes. right? And and who's who can be surprised by that? Okay, of course we know the Seattle Storm have to be reckoned with the mm-hmm. Connecticut Sun, but when I take a look at the Aces, this Aces team and how they're coming along, what are their weaknesses? I mean, that you have multiple ball handlers, including Chelsea Gray, who is as complete of a point guard as there is in the league. You have the best front court in the WNBA with Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson, and off the bench, by the way, you have Kelsey Plum, who's in the midst of a career season, and All Star uh, Dierica Hamby, who who earned the first All Star honor of her career uh, this week, much deserved. So happy for her. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and, yeah. and this is a long time coming. Just because, and I think what was cool to hear her say is that you know she's grateful because she's doing this as a reserve, coming off the bench. And anybody who's watched her the last few years knows that just because she comes off the bench, she's still one of the best players in the league. And to finally see that validated uh, speaks volumes about about what she's been able to accomplish. But I think, um, you know, Bill Lambeer said over and over again, right, This he doesn't think this team is going to really discover itself or hit its stride until the Olympic break or until after the break. But um, even, even with that, even with where they're at right now, uh, they're leading the league in scoring. They have the best offense in the league, offensive rating, the second-best defensive team, and they are blowing teams out. They blew the Sparks out the other day. I expect a, a similar result uh, today unless the, the Sparks just get hot and hit a lot of shots. But really, really complete team, and I think the chemistry is starting to come along. There it is. The Aces uh, covered as a 12-point favorite the other night, yeah, so we, we have to mention that. Easily. And uh, have to look at the line here again, but I imagine it will be right around uh, that same situation here again. But 7 o'clock tonight, they will take on the L.A. Sparks again. That will be broadcast on the CBS Sports Network. And then, of course, uh, Sunday, back at home for a 3 o'clock start against the Atlanta Dream, which uh, the Aces have not seen a new and improved Atlanta Dream team on Sunday. And they have a couple more games before they will take some time off for, for the Olympic break, or the All-Star game, which will be here in Vegas again on July the 14th. And uh, you mentioned uh, the All-Star team, and congratulations again, not only to D'Arca Hamby and Liz Cambage for making the WNBA All-Star team, but Asia Wilson, Chelsea Gray, 
uh, and Kelsey Plum for the U.S. Olympic team. Now, Kelsey Plum will be in the three-on-three, which is going to be definitely different. But, um, yeah, so the Aces will represent it. Let's throw in Jisoo Park as well, too, for South Korea. Yeah, a Korean Olympian. And and it it just goes to show you, I mean, half the team, more than half the team is Olympians. Yeah, right. (laughs) You you talk about, I mean, Bill Lambeer mentioned it, too. Ileana Rupert, the first-round pick um, from a couple months ago, who has not yet played in the WNBA because she's training with France, can play on the French Olympic team. So uh, that just goes to show you how deep and how talented um, this team is, uh, the Aces are. And and like you said, TC, if if the restrictions, Mm -hmm. if there weren't any attendance restrictions in place, um, like like you see some of the other sports loosening up their restrictions and being back to full capacity, I think the Aces would have uh, a packed house. I think Michelob Ultra Arena would be packed. We saw it getting there in 2019 during that playoff run, but now uh, this team is, has solidified itself in the market, in the city with so many great players, and, and with the way they're playing, uh, that game Sunday against the Seattle Storm was incredible, and, and it's, a, it's a great product. It's, it's a great product. I encourage once those restrictions are lifted, I encourage any basketball fan to go check out a game, because um, it's a great atmosphere. It's a ton of fun, and, and WNBA basketball is as high level as yeah. it possibly gets. When we walked into the arena the other day, I, it felt like 2019 because there were so many people that were milling around outside the main entrance yeah, there, yeah. and they they wanted to get in, yeah. and they were trying to do whatever they could to try to get in or even get a glimpse of the aces, and uh, that that's cool. I mean, I really felt that vibe, and that was you know going into the arena an hour you know before before tip off. Yep. Uh, you know, at their last home game last Sunday. So, yeah, it'd be great for them uh, to open up. But the Aces getting all kinds of contributions, six double-digit scores on the roster, 27 assists. That's really what impressed me the other night. Jackie Young, 18 points. Uh, you know, Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson, they're going to do their thing. Give me your, your thoughts. And I asked Bill Lambeer yeah. about this yesterday. We, we talked uh, when he was on the show, and I asked him about the construction of this roster because it's always – you know, a work in progress. You're going to lose people due to free agency. You're going to draft. You're going to do what you can. The Aces right now only have nine players mm-hmm. on their roster, which is crazy. They're they're twelve and four, and they only have nine players on their roster. What is your thoughts when you look at the the construction of this roster as we sit now? Because it is totally different than what we saw even last year, two years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think the top end talent, uh, and this is without Angel McCautry, right, right. By the way, who's out <laughs> for the year with the Angel? Yeah. Another All Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah an, an Olympic caliber player. But uh, when you take a look, yeah, you know, only nine players actually ten now. They just signed Kia Stokes, uh, who, who was a free agent who yeah. formerly played with New York Liberty. That news just broke. The team just announced it, so she's yeah, adds depth to that front court. But when you look at the roster. Uh, what, what sticks out to me is that there's no style of basketball that they can't play. They they have the personnel to play any kind of style they want to, right? You want to go with the, just the big lineup with, with Erica Hamby and Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage all in there at the same time? You can and just overwhelm teams with size. You can downsize, play four perimeter players around one of the bigs, around Wilson or Cambage. You can run a pick-and-roll offense because Chelsea Gray is so prodigious, so uh, proficient coming off of ball screens. You can have two, three, four ball handlers out there when, when you have Chelsea Gray playing with Jack Jackie Young and Kelsey Plum. Uh, Raquana Williams can handle the ball. She can get hot. They can, If they want to, they can shoot threes. That's not the strength of this team. We know they don't prefer to play that way, but there's more shooting on this year's roster than there has been in the years past. And we haven't even mentioned what they like to do in transition. Right. Uh, right. That's how they, they want to get yes. out and run. Yes. So when you take away their transition, okay, they can dump the ball into the post. You want to take away the post? Well, they have the best pick-and-roll guard in the league. You want to you match them with size? Well, they'll downsize and beat you down the yeah. floor. You want to go small? Then they'll just go big. So whatever any 
any other team has, they have a counter to it. And I think that was what the brilliant part was in this roster construction. And and I think, you know, it took some time, right, for, for Bill Lambeer and the coaching staff to figure out the optimal lineups. But you're starting to see who he's comfortable closing games with and, and what what situations or what plays they go to during during close games. So they have a number of different options, and it, it makes them exciting to watch, and, and it's what makes them 12-4. and four. Last Sunday's victory, the nationally televised game on ESPN against the Seattle Storm, for me, I think that was kind of the the launcher for this season, or maybe, I don't want to say the game changer, but just, you know, this team was still trying to figure itself out. And beating Seattle in that comeback fashion, in overtime, the 95-92 victory, and the way they did it, and Chelsea Gray, I just, you know, I I rave about her all the time because I think she's the missing piece to this team. Bill Lambert never had a point guard like her, not just from the talent standpoint, but the leadership standpoint. And like I said, she called her own number. Bill said, where do you want the ball? And that final timeout said, where do you want the ball? She goes, I want to get to my sweet spot. She got there, game over. And they won that series, two out of three, against the Seattle Storm, which could play big dividends you know, once, you know, the, with the playoffs come. So I, I think showing that they could beat Seattle, the defending champs, in two out of three, and Seattle left out of here, and you saw it too. Their heads were hanging down. They're going, wow, we got, we got, we got beat today. And it was in comeback fashion, and the Aces are starting to play with that swagger. Yeah, and and not only did they beat the Storm, they beat St- the Storm uh, when Brianna Stewart full was capacity a, yeah. apex. Brianna Stewart, she yeah. was uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, we just had Stitch with us. To me, TC, that felt like a, a heavyweight fight where right? both teams are trading right. blows all throughout the course of the game. You know, there's a couple ten nine rounds, maybe a ten eight yeah. round, but then the other team. It was just such high level basketball and high level execution. Yeah. Um, down the stretch. And to your point, right, what Chris, uh, uh, Chelsea Gray kind of reminds me of Chris Paul. Yeah. What he did, how he stabilized the Suns, that's what she's done for the Aces. Now, again, the Aces were in better shape when she came than, as opposed to the Suns when Chris Paul came. We didn't know that the Suns were going to be this good. We already knew the Aces were in the finals last year. But just her, her savvy and her decision-making, she's going to get the ball where it needs to go, when it needs to go there. And in a game like that, where Asia Wilson had played big minutes on the previous Friday night and was feeling a little tired, where Liz Cambage was mm-hmm. sick, she went to she she showed okay, I can close games too, and that's exactly what she did. Twelve straight points uh, that either she scored or assisted on to start the fourth quarter to start that comeback, and was really in total control down the stretch, making every perfect decision, uh, none bigger than that than nailing that jumper, that 17-footer after shaking Brianna Stewart free. So, I remember TC last time this team was in the playoffs, playing here. I mean, in Vegas when they were in the playoffs in 2019, it was a young group that was yes. still getting its sea legs, that was getting its first playoff reps, and now you take a look at this roster, everybody's in their prime or entering it, and it's a, a high-level, experienced basketball team that knows how to execute late in games, and like you said, uh, with Chelsea Gray's prowess in the pick and roll, and probing the paint, getting the ball where it needs to go, it's just another way that they can win games. They, Asia Wilson, we know, is one of the best closers in the league. You can get her the ball, she's going to get a bucket or get mm-hmm. fouled. Now they have a closer from their perimeter, too, and it, it makes them all the more dangerous to deal with. Alright, looking forward to Tonight's game, again, 7 o'clock tonight, CBS Sports Network, Aces and the Sparks, and then back home here Sunday against the Atlanta Dream, 3 o'clock. Uh, you can, uh, if you're not going to go to the game, listen to the broadcast uh, on the radio side, 2.30 pregame show, and then 3 o'clock we tip it off, ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM, right down the dial from us right now. All right, uh, let's talk a little NHL Stanley Cup Finals. My man was here this whole week. I mean, he got some fun in the sun. He was wearing his Tampa Bay Lightning jersey nonstop. 
bearing gifts, uh, had all kinds of uh, great food uh, options with the food tour that he got to witness firsthand. We're talking about the one and only our Bucks sideline guy and our Tampa Bay Rays guy, our Tampa Bay Lightning guy. It is Mr. Tampa Bay, Champa Bay, T.J. Reeves. What is going on, my man? Always good to be with you under any circumstance, but uh, just backing up to a few minutes ago before the Aces talk, we're on like the eight-day weekend in the Reeves household coming out to Las Vegas uh, back on Sunday, and uh, we're just going to party all the way through July 4th. And let the record reflect, we brought the Champa Bay love with us. My wife, who has put up with me officially for 25 years, my twin daughters, Riley and Abby, who were turning 13 on Monday, we brought the Champa Bay love because we got there on Sunday while the Aces were winning that game with Seattle, and then it has continued for the Aces, and then the Lightning go get game one and game two in Las Vegas. I will tell you, Doctor, that more than one person has said, if the Lightning do not win this game in Montreal, am I headed back to Vegas for Monday night and game four to be there as the good luck charm from the desert, from Sin City? They want me to go back if the Lightning don't win tonight. Bring it on, my man. You're always welcome here. You got the open invitation, as you know, and I appreciate you hanging out with us on Monday as well, too, at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. You, you were there, Showtime Sean Porter. Uh, you, got to wow. win, you, got to, you got to witness it firsthand here, so I'm glad you had a great time. We had a great time with all of the stuff there, and again, uh, a lot of fun, including zip lining uh, there on the Las Vegas Strip at near midnight with my twins still on their 13th birthday, on the night of their 13th birthday. They'll remember that uh, forever. And the hilarious part is they only had to call security a couple of times at the Cosmopolitan on us screaming in the hotel room during the Lightning Canadians game, so they will not have any security concerns tonight at the Cosmopolitan, at least from us. Uh, screaming during the the Lightning Canadians game that's coming up here in a couple of hours. Uh, I will say that a friend of mine uh, that that I have known for years who's in Montreal, he was looking at scoring a ticket to Game 3 tonight, which, again, they have limited capacity, and the the price tag was $2,500, to which his his wife, his new wife, they're a younger couple, said that's two of our mortgage payments. You cannot do that for tonight for Game Three. So he was denied. TC Martin. Oh uh, yeah, and only thirty five hundred is allowed in the building there at the, at the Bell Center. That's yeah. it. Thirty five hundred. That's it. The lower it. level tickets. This is how TC Martin rolls. The lower level tickets are between eight and ten thousand dollars. I don't know if that's Canadian or U.S. But it's between eight and ten thousand in the lower level as of a little while ago. So it tells you what kind of demand is there because again, they haven't had a Stanley Cup final home game since William Jefferson Clinton was the president in his first term in the summer of nineteen ninety three. So they are they are obviously paying top dollar to be in there tonight. Now they're gonna go George Jefferson reference on us there. That's how you got the moving on up. There it is. On up north of the border, as the series has done. And by the way, I should point out, uh, because you love the angles and you love who to bet on, who to go to the window, you still got time to do this here for another uh, two hours, 90 minutes roughly before game time. The Lightning have won the first road game in each of the last three series with the Panthers, the Hurricanes, and the Islanders. So if you're looking on the money line on who to bet on tonight, I'm just trying to help on the T.C. Martin Show on a Friday of July 4th weekend, my friend. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. All right, so let's talk about Game 3 tonight. Let's uh, let's go back to Game 2. I mean, you guys are, you know, I say you guys, the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, won both those games, Game 1 in rather, uh, you know, rather easy fashion. But Game 2, 
The Canadians outplayed the Lightning in just about every facet of the game. They outshot them 43-23. to 23. The, I mean, if you're a Canadians fan, man, what a gut punch to give up a goal with, what, three-tenths of a second there in the yep. second period to, to go into the second intermission you know, with a 2-1 lead. So if you're a Canadian fan, you're down 2-1. You're thinking, man, what, what do we got to do here? But again, outshooting them 43-23. to 23. They were more physical than, than the Lightning. And the Lightning still got a way to uh, get that victory here. So now you come back, uh, uh, Montreal, you're coming back home. You got to win this game. But if they do win this game, T.J. Reeves, I think we have ourselves a series. Yeah, and I think that that's fair and that's accurate. And remember, in the Vegas series, you guys remember it all too well, they came and got the second game in that series. And then I'm trying to remember in the chronology, didn't Vegas win the third game going back to Montreal before losing game four? I'm trying to remember which uh, on that. Uh, but the, the game three event, was the uh, Fury uh, fiasco. Remember that. The Fleury fiasco yeah. back behind the net. Okay. Yeah, right. But in any event, if you're Montreal, this is the series. Right here, right now. You have to win this game tonight. And I fully expect they're going to come out physical. They're going to come out going all out, uh, at least in the first period, to establish themselves because they realize if the Lightning get an early lead and Vasilevsky, the, the Russian goalie, Andre Vasilevsky, I got to go visit the Hoover Dam with the Twins. Great tourist attraction, uh, and, and we got to be there on Wednesday. It's been the Vasilevsky Dam right now in that net through the whole postseason, and he was great again the other night. He honestly, the Lightning goalie, stopped probably five, five scoring attempts that should have been goals. Easily, Montreal could have had a fourth, fifth, or sixth goal in that game. So the Lightning goalie is good, and if they get an early lead tonight, watch out. Watch out if they're up one nothing, much less 2 nothing, to put this game away. All right, if you guys want to uh, go to the game tonight, uh, get, hop on the jet or whatever. I don't know if we'll make it in time. But uh, <laughs> you can sit in the, in the upper section there at the Bell Center, Section 304, for a mere $1,130 per ticket. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. But is, that Cana- is that Canadian or is that U.S.? I'm I, not sure I think this, this is U.S. It says right here. I'm looking at it. U.S. Okay. dollars. Yeah, there it is. That, hey, and and 1100 is is a lot more realistic than what we thought what it was going to be. And, again, I looked a little while ago that the lower level was between eight and 10000 yeah. And keep it, keep in mind, are they going to let that happen again where they're going to have, like they did at the end of the – the Vegas series where they're going to let 15, 20, 25,000 people congregate outside the arena. How crazy is that? That you're going to only allow 3,500 to be spread out in the arena and then let 10, 15, 20,000 people stand around each other and riot after the game, flipping over cars and burning a police car. That's nuts. That's yeah. nuts if they allow that. Yeah. T.J. Reeves joins us from Tampa. He is not in Montreal tonight. I don't know if your passport wasn't working or you couldn't get across the border or you're just just jet-lagged from your cross-country rendezvous from Vegas uh, back to Tampa. It could be an Interpol situation, international warrants, those kind of things. <laughs> got to stay, you know, got to stay in the continental U.S. if you're able to. Uh, but look, uh, I, I mean, uh, for the Lightning, again, this is historical stuff here. If they can go ahead and put this series away, they become only the second franchise in the salary cap era to go back to back. I mean, teams forever were able to win two in a row. Montreal included, New York Islanders included, Edmonton Oilers included, Pittsburgh uh, Penguins did it a couple times. Detroit Red Wings did it a couple times. So the only team in the salary cap era is the Penguins to go back-to-back where players can move to another team. You can't fit everybody under to give them a new contract, that kind of stuff. So this would be special if the Lightning can get it. 
And everybody down here is pumped. By the way, the Amelie Arena, where the Lightning play, is going to have some 10,000 or more inside of it uh, tonight. So they'll probably show some shots of that on NBC if the Lightning do anything positive. That the Lightning Arena, they're having a humongous uh, pregame concert outside on the plaza. They're letting some 10,000 go in the arena to watch on TV. So we are amped up in Champa Bay, brother. TJ. Steven Stamkos, we know what he's meant to the NHL, what he's meant to this Lightning organization over the last decade plus, right? He wasn't there last year when his team made the playoff run. What has he meant to this playoff run, and what do you think this playoff run has meant for him? Well, first, it's good to be with you there, Sam. So, yeah, he's the captain, he's the leader, but he's been hurt down the stretch of the season, just like Kucherov. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, who's been tremendous. Those two guys were hurt. Kucherov missed the whole regular season. I know that's created some controversy with the Canadians uh, and the Canadian media, etc. Let's set the record straight here on the doctor's show, because he's global, that uh, the salary cap rules were the same for everybody as it related to injured players. Everybody played by the same rules, and Kucherov didn't play a single regular season game under those salary cap rules. Uh, and did not play until the playoffs, and the Lightning were still able to get in and get in as a three-seed in their division. So, but anyway, you asked me about Stamkos. He's the leader of the team. He has not had a tremendous postseason here in terms of goal scored. He's, he's lethal on the power play, and maybe tonight is a breakout night uh, for him. He did have a goal, had a couple of goals in the uh, in the Islanders series, and I think he got one in game one of this series on a power play against Montreal so, again, that's where, that's where Tampa Bay is going to look to convert. He's the former number one overall pick, and, again, he's one of the faces of the franchise. You go all over town, his likeness is on the billboards, it's on uh, TV ads, etc., and th- this is a chance to be part of back-to-back Stanley Cup championship teams as the captain of the team. Let's see if Stamkos has a big night tonight. I found a pair of tickets in Section 113 at the Bell Center tonight. That's basically and, center ice. Center and, ice, guys. $6,700 each. So 6700 is down from a little while ago. Well, Prices you might be getting some bad in, you might be getting some bad information. I mean, you know. I'm telling no no, I'm telling you I looked on on uh, StubHub. Well, it's getting closer uh, to game time. 2 hours now. ago and again Again, those prices will decline as you get closer to game time. The computerized algorithm starts saying, "Hey, it ain't happening at eight grand or at seven grand. You got to lower it to try to get in." But still, that's uh, I mean, there's got to be people that are willing to pay that because you don't know. But this is a valid point. You don't know if Montreal is going to get back in anytime soon. A Canadian team has not been in the final in 10 years. So if you're a Canadiens fan, this is your chance for tonight and Monday night. Let me ask you guys this. Uh, we, you know, The Golden Knights have this pledge, which they don't want their season ticket holders selling to the visitors that are, that are coming into town here. And they actually have to sign a, a, a document, or they'll get their, it's serious, or they will get their season tickets taken away from them. If you are a Montreal Canadiens fan and you've got these tickets, do you go to your game tonight or do you sell these when you have an opportunity for five or $6,000 to make if per ticket here, what do you do? I'm flipping those. Yeah, you're flipping. Great question. Yeah, Sam is flipping. What about you? What would, I, I, what I, would I, Tampa? Believe, let's put this on on look, on, on. You're you're Mr. Tampa Bay Lightning there. What, what about those fans? What would they do? I do not believe that there's anybody. 
really with a legit shot to have those lower-level tickets, it's going to be enlightening stuff. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see because there's only 3,500 of them. But I understand your point, which is if you got in the lottery through the Canadians fans and got these at face value, which I believe for game one, game two, the lower-level face value tickets were around 500 each, something like that. So if you got a $500 ticket or a couple of them for 1000 and you could suddenly flip that and make twelve grand or fifteen grand, there would be some temptation to do that. There would definitely be some temptation to do that. Temptation? I would say probably no brainer, right? You know? How much? <laughs> and we know. Saying sell, sell. You're like Rodney Dangerfield no. and Caddyshack. Sell, sell, sell. Everybody's yeah. buying. I'll, sell, I'll be sell, like sell. Mortimer. Sell. I'm going. I'm sell. going. I'm, I'm going. Sell. I'm going back to you know. Uh, you know. Trading places. Trading places. Trading places. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Sell Mortimer, sell as, as he's dying. I would have, listen, I would have a hard time not selling if ever I can make that kind of coin. But I, I respect to the fans who want to go to the game. Yeah, you can't, you can't knock the hustle. Yeah, and, and, and again, <laughs> they they don't know when they're going to have another opportunity like this. If they lose one of these games, it's not going to be back in Montreal. It's over on Wednesday night in Game Five. If it's not over Monday night in Game Four, so you might want to take advantage tonight and Monday. Yeah. Again, I know these a lot of Lightning fans are thinking this series is already over. It's like they're reading the newspaper there. What, what's the Tampa Bay news? What's the Tampa newspaper over there? Tampa Bay, the Tampa, the Tampa Bay Times. Tampa Bay Times. Right there See, it is. Tampa Bay See, Times. They're, they're they're reading it like they it's already printed for tomorrow. Like this this series is already over. Be, be aware, my friends. Lee Corso would say, "Not so fast, my friend." As I have a, a number two pencil in my hand that I'm holding up here. <laughs> you got to get a game. Montreal's got to get a game. I, I, I will I will just say. Uh, that there is supreme confidence here because the Champa Bay has been rolling since what the Lightning did in the bubble last September, last August and September. It continued right through the Rays, making it to the World Series, knocking out the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and the, Do- and the uh, Astros before being beaten by the Dodgers, but still making the World Series with the lowest payroll in baseball. Then the Brady Buccaneers roll on to win the Super Bowl at home. The Champa Bay train is a freight train, brother. Get off of the train tracks or you're going to get run over is the attitude down here. There it is. A dollar thirty-five favorite are the visitors. Mm-hmm. The Tampa Bay Lightning. A dollar thirty-five favorite. So there you go. I'm surprised you uh, don't have tickets in, in your pocket, uh, TJ Reeves, because you, you bet about eight different prop bets when you were here, <laughs> and I think you threw seven of them away. I have. No, no, wait a minute. I have the Lightning to win the series, and I, I got that at like, uh, I, I, I want to say it was like I laid like, I don't know. I think I laid like 150 or something like that. Uh, but I, I got uh, good odds, really good odds on Game 5 and even better odds on Game 7. Lightning to win it in Game 5 or in Game 7. So Montreal can have one of these games in Montreal. I'll take a Lightning win on home ice in Game 5. And that is a lot of the talk down here, by the way, that they would love nothing better than to skate the cup on the home ice after it was in the bubble a year ago. I'm not saying the Lightning are going to lose on purpose. You've got to try to win whenever you can win, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to win at Game 5 next Wednesday night. All right, and, and your tickets in your pocket there, they were confetti compared to our guy Justin, who was here wearing the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> this guy had 160 grand on this series. God. 160 okay, so grand! Justin, and and that way, was just to win the series. He, he, yeah. he, had, he had another five... Uh, figure tickets on, on individual games here. So, yeah. A couple of other things, yes. So, so I met Justin at the Cosmopolitan on Wednesday morning. He's from Tampa. He saw me in the Lightning stuff, and he showed me that he bought two tickets in April, two separate tickets, because he wasn't allowed to jack it as much as he wanted to to, to spend. Uh, so he bought two tickets 
uh, totaling 20 grand for the Lightning at eight or eight and a half to one to win the Stanley Cup in April. So he stands to win 160 grand if they win the cup. He later on Sunday put a bet on Andre Vasilevsky to be the MVP, the goalie to be the MVP, and put five grand more on that to win 20 grand. So my man Justin from Tampa, who you met the other night, who I just met a few days ago, is my new bud. He's got like almost 200,000 reasons to be rooting on Champa Bay and Vasilevsky to be the MVP. How about that? Yeah. She needs to look on Sam's rolls. face right now. It, it, it's priceless. <laughs> that, that, a lot of money on the line. That, that's not, line, that's not, that's not Sam, Minneapolis St. Paul money, is it? No, is, no, no. Or, 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 what do they call it? A Dinah? A Dinah? What do they call you know it? Nobody Dinah? Yeah, I know a Dinah. I know about a Dinah. <laughs> I, I spent a little time in the Wisconsin. I know a training Sam, camp there. Yeah, yeah. Training camp, brother. Go ahead. Uh, speaking is of training TC was trying to cozy up to Justin, who's staying in Las Vegas. He's like, hey, man, you know, we can go out to dinner or something like that. If you get this, we'll go celebrate. I had to come back to Tampa, but my man Justin, I think, is hanging there for another week. So, uh, yeah, you may, you may want to cozy up to him. Yeah, no, no, I'm not cozy enough to Justin. I, I'm not cozy up to Justin because this guy, all he wanted to talk to me about was Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So <laughs> I, keep my di- I had to turn the dial on this guy right away. You were going to say something, Woo! Sam? Well, TC, you you were brought up, you you know about Idana because of training camp. I was going to ask TJ, you know, speaking of training camp, we we got training camp right around the corner, NFL training camp. What can we expect from the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year? What are the main storylines as this team gets ready to prepare to defend the Super Bowl championship? Well, everybody, I think the bottom line is everybody's going to say Super Bowl hangover, Super Bowl jinx, going to rest on your laurels, and I don't think Tom Brady's going to let them do that. So the repeat talk will start right away about whether or not they can do this uh, and, and by the way, Brady's Patriots are the last team to go back-to-back. And how wild would it be if the Lightning do get this two games away, that they, they would have the chance to go back-to-back, and then the Buccaneers would have the chance to go back-to-back. But you've got a ton of football games to win before that can happen. They were very healthy for a lot of last year, too, and so that's another part of this. But, yeah, everybody, I can tell you right now, there's just as much talk in this market about Buccaneer football and that training camp uh, and, and the upcoming season, as there is Tampa Bay Lightning hockey. So it is both. There's going to be great anticipation. Uh, when it all begins, the, the Buccaneers have announced they will allow limited fans at training camp here in Tampa. The first two preseason games are at home, and, and, and everybody will get their first look in August at what they look like. But, yeah, there's, there's great anticipation for the Bucks, obviously, right. as well. All right, brother. We appreciate the time. We'll let you get back to Mama Reeve's 75th and of, yes. uh, birthday party. So go and have some cake there. Five years young. Happy birthday, Mama Reeves. And, uh, and again, uh, my mother and my mother-in-law understand about as much as this telephone I'm talking to you on about <laughs> hockey, but they're fired up for the lightning, both my mother and my mother-in-law. So they're ready to see if they can do this. I always love being on with you, but i got to go get some birthday cake now. It's a 75th yeah, birthday. And you can hang Thank up you your rotary dial telephone. I'm sure it's a rotary dial, right? <laughs> Where's the trim line? Champa, Champa Bay, brother. All Here right, we bro. go with game three tonight. There you go. I want pictures of the cake. There you go. All right, brother. Take care. Appreciate it. There he is, TJ Reeves, our Bucks guy, Rays guy, Lightning guy, Champa Bay guy. Uh, TC, I don't know if I'm if I'm still more befuddled by that the, the bread talk or, or that you know where he dino was. <laughs> <laughs> a couple bombs for me in that last in that last interview. I, I'm still a little shook. There you go, man. There you go. All right, you and I are going to have to make, make a trip back there uh, together. Go, we'll do. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll go to the Green Bay slash uh, you know Vikings. Uh, you know, 
We'll, uh, we'll go see a game together. That's what we should do. Yeah, we should. You know, they yeah. call it a rivalry back in Minneapolis, but with you know six Super Bowls to, to none, I don't know if, how much of a rivalry it really exactly. is. Exactly. I just don't know if you were part of that press uh, crew when I was back there, man, from 2003 to 2015, because I'm telling you, uh, that, that press crew from, uh, from Minnesota, man, th- those guys were pretty cocky. They'd come into Lambeau Field and, yeah. A couple of the salmon acres cracked me up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, regular season. Yeah. The old St. Paul Tribu- Tribune and the Minneapolis Star Tribune, right? Yep, there yep. it is. St. Yeah. Paul Pioneer yeah. Press. Yeah, there yep. you go. Those guys. That's Every year's the year back home. Scott Spritzer is going to join us next. NBA. Let's see if we can get some winners tonight. Now, more of your favorite personal sports physicians. This doesn't sound like the usual mindless, boring chit-chat. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. Live on this Friday afternoon at Sunset Station, the STN Sports Mobile app here. T.C. Martin, Sam the Man Gordon with me today. Hanging out, talking a little bit of everything today. I mean, we're covering it all, Sam. Starting off with the NFL, talking about the Aces, and then, of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, tonight. The uh, sweet science. The sweet science of boxing with Stitch Duran. It's got it all covered here, man. Oh, man. That's what you do, TC. Uh, that's, uh, we love it, man. We love it. Uh, versatility. All right. And our next guest uh, is extremely versatile, too, as well, too. And uh, he, he can join us uh, from the food game as well. He's got a little food game as well. We're talking about the one and only Scott Spritzer. Scott, what's going on, my man? Man, after looking in the mirror, I think you had a lot of food, a lot of food game going on. Maybe a little bit too much of late. <laughs> that's uh, that's okay, man. That's okay. I know you, man. You're going to be uh, kicking back by your pool a little bit later on, just uh, you know, you know, chilling out, uh, you know, post game style. Scott does it post game style. Like his post game style is like midnight one in the morning, though. Turn up the jams, uh, kicking back by the pool, counting his uh, cash after cash and tickets. Well, I surely certainly hope to do so tonight, and. Uh, but, yeah, I'm one of those guys who uh, likes to be out there around midnight, 1 a.m., just kind of floating around in the pool. And, and, uh, and, and that's what I'll probably be doing tonight. Hopefully we'll be, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about having that bankroll rather than crying in our pool uh, tonight. We do have a few plays going on. All right, man. Let's, uh, we don't have an NBA game tonight, but uh, we definitely got one uh, tomorrow. And uh, we saw what happened Last night with the Milwaukee Bucks taking care of Atlanta, 123 to 112. Milwaukee now leads the series three games to two. Uh, no Giannis, no problem, Sam. It was uh, they jumped out to a 14-point lead in the first quarter. They shot 50% from the floor. But the Bucks, what we've come to see here, guys, the the Bucks, uh, they can be very shaky from three. I mean, they can go on fire. But last night they were nine for 29, only 31%. But uh, they still, you know, ran away with this game. I think a lot of it was emotion. Brooke Lopez had a career playoff high of 33 points. So uh, it it didn't matter. I don't know. Uh, Sam, I want to ask you, do you think that, uh, you know, because Trey Young did not play, and there was question marks whether he was going to play or not for Atlanta, that uh, that was the reason why the Hawks fell last night? Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, they they played well which, without Trey Young in Game Four, but obviously each game is different. And I think Milwaukee kind of played with a different approach in Game Five. And we talk about Mike Bunholzer and his inability to historically adjust. But uh, Scott, I love your take on this too. But I thought Bud did a, a great job of adjusting. Right, instead of 
you don't have Giannis and his presence around the basket. You know, he's so dominant around the rim. But you do have Brook Lopez, who at one point, we, we think of him as a, a kind of a spacing center now who likes to shoot threes. At one point, I think he was the best low-post player uh, in the league, or certainly one of them, and he got back to doing what he does. And, yes, they didn't have Giannis dominating around the rim, but it was okay because they moved Lopez down to that block. He was around the basket, and he scored 26 of his 33 points in the paint, and, and, and Milwaukee was able to use their size to overwhelm Atlanta even without Giannis. Uh, what what did you make of, of the adjustment that Bud made in, in Lopez's play? Yeah, I thought they did a great job with making adjustments. I agree with you about Brooke Lopez and at one point maybe being the top big man of the league or certainly one of the top three. My thought is this, guys, and, and, and when injuries happen to you know the key spoke or the star player on a team in a series where you're seeing each other every game you know, for a potentially seven games, you've got a situation where the Bucks know how to prepare for the Hawks with Trey Young on the floor. The Hawks know how to pre- uh, prepare with the Bucks when they've got the Greek freak on the floor. And so, for me, what happens in these playoff series is that all of a sudden you're looking at a team without their star player. They have to make adjustments. They can't run the same sets they were running, for instance, for instance with Milwaukee with the Greek freak on the floor. They got to run different things. They got to get more guys involved. It's all of a sudden a different take for the Atlanta Hawks on the defensive end of the floor especially. Also, uh, on offense, when they're on the offense, they've got to attack to a little bit of a different style, but especially on defense. And so what I did on Tuesday, when it was announced that Trey Young wasn't going to play in that game, I kind of went against what the general public mindset is. I played on the Hawks without Trey Young because now they were going to do things that Milwaukee hadn't prepared for. You could do that for one game. And then what I did is I came back on Thursday and I went with Milwaukee with Giannis being off the floor, second time that you weren't sure if Trey Young was going to play or not, but you knew that Milwaukee had already now seen the Hawks with their best player and without him. So there were going to be no surprises. And so I like to do that. The first game that a star player, when they're especially a star like Trey Young is for the Hawks or Giannis is for the Bucks, I like to go on that team for one game. And certainly it has paid off the last two games with wide margin victories by each of those two teams. So, you know, now I suggest to people, if they are going to play the Hawks, it might not be a bad idea to do it now and not wait till Saturday because it looks like Trey Young, even though the official word is questionable, he's been on the floor, he's been taking shots, he even did before yesterday's game, obviously didn't play. But there's a much better chance that Trey Young is going to play on Saturday than Giannis. And so for me, it's like, if you like the Hawks, lay the two, two and a half now, because it is going to go up a couple of points if they announce tomorrow that Trey Young is going to play. If you like Milwaukee, wait it out. Wait it out till you find out if he's going to play or not, then make your move. All right, and the Hawks are a two-and-a-half point favorite. Total 216-and-a-half, and that game is tomorrow uh, night. Uh, Scott, are you? this has been a, a hard series to handicap, at least for a lot of people. And, uh, again, we've seen a lot of blowouts as well. Too. I cannot recall on both sides, whether it's the Eastern Conference Final or the, uh, the Western Conference Final, that we've seen this many blowouts in series. Uh, give us your reason why you think that could be the case or why that yeah, is the case. The, the injuries, you know, with the Clippers, I mean, I really, you know, I mean, listen, the Suns are outstanding at what they do. I don't believe the Clippers lose that series if Kawhi doesn't get hurt. 
And so, you know, you got a lot of injuries throughout the course of this postseason, throughout the course of the year. You know, I mean, it's, I got to tell you guys, if it wasn't for betting, I really wouldn't be watching many of these playoff games. And it's simply because it's been kind of a, and I, again, I try to think of a, a nicer term, but I'm just going to call it like I see it. It's been kind of a trashy postseason because we've had so many star players that have been banged up and hurt this playoff season. I mean, when James Harden, you know, gets hurt and never got back to 100% for the Nets. I mean, that ruined their chances. The Nets looked like the team to beat. Just mentioned Kawhi. Of course, when you talk about the Lakers, they had two injuries to two star players that took them out of the mix. Now you've got the Bucks, who look like they're going to cruise in uh, to the NBA Finals from the East, and then Giannis gets hurt. So it's been kind of a, to me, just kind of a, not that great of an NBA postseason, but because you've had players for both teams in almost every series being knocked out, it's made it a competitive series within the series as far as the amount of games won, not necessarily in an individual game. We see these kind of wide-margin victories. So for that reason, as you just mentioned, it's been kind of tough to watch because they have been wide-margin wins. But I guess you give these teams credit for being able to bounce back off of bad losses and put it together and win or come close to winning. And, you know, you look at the Clippers. I mean, until that final game, they had outscored uh, the Suns by 17 points through the first five games of that series. So... It's tough to watch because we're missing out on so many quality players, and that's why we're having these wide-margin differences. All right, Scott Spreitzer joins us uh, from Doc Sports. Sam Gordon as well from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Scott, being that, right, like whoever comes out of the East is mo- more than likely, you know, Giannis, whatever is going on with him, we don't know if he's going to play, you know, this series or if forget about the finals. Like, we don't know what, what, what his timetable is. And obviously Trey Young banged up as well, so – it feels like Phoenix uh, is going to have the health advantage. From a betting standpoint, how does that, this impact the way that, that you view a potential finals matchup? Yeah, the, the Phoenix Suns are now the odds-on favorite you know, to win the NBA Finals, and rightly so. So it's a situation where you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to jump in at any time to make a future at this point on who I think is going to win the NBA Finals. I'll just be playing it game by game, whether it be total, sides, first half, first quarters, things of that nature or in-game. Uh, but again, it has become basically Phoenix's series to lose as long as they stay healthy. And, and since they're not playing right now, there's probably a pretty good chance they'll be healthy at least for game one. So, yeah, it's kind of one of those situations where when the Nets were completely healthy, I thought they were the team. When Harden went down, of course, you had Kyrie getting hurt. Then it looked like the Bucks were going to cruise, and I really thought that they were going to be the team that was crowned at the end of the season. But if they can't get the freak back on the court, uh, they might not make it out of the East, let alone uh, win the NBA Finals. I think it would be very tough. If he's not able to play, if Gian- Giannis isn't able to play, it's going to be extremely tough for Milwaukee to win more than two games. You know, we go back to game number six on Wednesday night when Phoenix just routed the Clippers and eliminated them 130 to 103. We saw a celebration by the Suns at the airport. They were greeted by the, the fans. Chris Paul was, you know, these guys were had a little bit of a party here. And, you know, there's a school of thought like, wait a minute, guys. We understand you haven't been here since 1993. You want to celebrate that moment. But there are some guys that are saying, you know, take a little chill pillar. You haven't won anything yet. A little thoughts about, about that, a little premature celebration here. Yeah, that's what happens when you're inexperienced when it comes to winning championships, right? And, and that's what the Suns showed. And I, I kind of jotted that down in my notes. I'm an old-fashioned, old-school you know, notebook and pen and put the pen to paper type of stuff when I'm watching games. And that was one of the things I put down you know, post-game, the way they celebrated. And, of course, as you mentioned, the way they celebrated a few hours later on their arrival at the airport. And, and all this time off for Phoenix that they're going to face. 
And you're going to have Milwaukee or Atlanta coming into this series having just played and kept basically on top of their game, so to speak, to get there. I think the Suns are going to be in a little bit trouble in a little bit of trouble in Game One for the reason you mentioned and for the fact that you can combine that with the time that they've had off uh, in between games. So they're in a rough spot, I think, in Game One. I still don't know if either one of those teams, the Bucks or Hawks, are able to win that series. Of course, you have to favor Phoenix, but I think Game One is an opportune time to bet against Phoenix, and uh, for those reasons we both mentioned. You know, this is going to be probably the least experienced final. When I say least experienced, I mean from from a player standpoint. I mean, we're used to the superstars, whether it's Kevin Durant or Steph Curry and those Warrior teams, and or you know LeBron James and, and, and the Lakers. This is this has a very strange feeling to it. And the Phoenix Suns, I think they are the best team, Scott. And I, I wouldn't hesitate myself at all of of putting a future on them because I think that they can beat either or Atlanta or Milwaukee, especially you know with it with the injury situations here. But it it feels a little bit strange because when we look at these rosters, especially for Phoenix, you just, they're just not veteran laden teams. I mean, any of these teams. I guess Milwaukee would be the most, but Atlanta's kind of in the same boat here. So when, and then maybe that's why we're getting some of these blowouts and these unpredictability because it just seems like there's a lot of inconsistency here, and I'm curious to see how the ratings, the television ratings are going to do in this series. It will be interesting, because to put it in an old wrestling term, uh, there aren't really any heels with the stars of the three remaining teams, you know? Right. And, and you like to have that guy you kind of root against. I mean, for instance, LeBron is loved or hated. You know, there's basically no in-between when it comes to LeBron James. You know, and the same could be said for Harden to a certain extent, not at the James level, but to a certain extent, you've got a guy who's either loved or hated, and especially the way he left the Houston Rockets, he took a lot of heat for that. But when you're talking about Giannis, when you're talking about Trey Young, and, and you know maybe Chris Paul and also Booker, you're talking about a guy, several guys there, who are really guys that aren't able to play the heel, so to speak. And so it will be interesting to see from just the public standpoint, not from the better standpoint, they're going to watch everything, but from the public standpoint, the viewership, uh, will anybody really care? There's no hateable teams of these teams that are left. There's nobody that anybody digs in their heels and roots against. So, you know, I'm not sure that the interest is going to be there when it comes to the viewership for the NBA Finals. But, uh, you know, those of us who follow it closely, who like the sport, like the league, and obviously our betting will be all over it. But, you know, that's part of it, TC, about the reason we've seen wide margin wins in a lot of these games. Uh, we've got role players for certain teams who surround these stars. And none of these role players, for the most part, uh, not across the board, but again, for the most part, have, a, have experience in winning conference championships or NBA titles. And so well, their focus kind of wanes back and forth a little bit, depending on where they are and the point of the game. And also just that lack of experience, I think, takes away from getting a really good, solid uh, outing every night out for the viewers. Sam, who do you got uh, over in the East uh, tomorrow night? Do you think Atlanta answers back and we're going to see a game seven? I think this thing goes seven. Yeah, yeah I think this thing goes seven. The, the writing does kind of seem to be on I mean, the wall, it's been right? One of those series, right, where there's been so much, where the only consistent thing is the inconsistency. And as great as Milwaukee was at home, we've seen those guys on the road not necessarily perform at the same level. So I'm expecting a seventh game. And then you know the old the old adage: Who knows in a game seven, anything can happen. And I truly believe that with these two teams, we've already seen Atlanta win one game road game seven against the Philadelphia. 76ers in a hostile environment. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them to do it again. Uh, and, and again, it, it depends on what Trey Young's doing. If he's back uh, for for those two games, I mean, you you never know. I, I think Atlanta would would would, uh, would have a, a great chance uh, to get there and get it done. 
Scott, do you got an opinion on tonight's uh, Stanley Cup final game number three? The series moves to Montreal. Montreal, <laughs> they were unlucky in game number two. They outshot them. They outplayed, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, but uh, you can get Montreal plus money, and we know what Montreal can do at home. Yeah, and you got Tampa Bay who's a little bit banged up right now. They don't have all their parts. They're missing another key player who's had a fantastic postseason. And the problem is, is getting it by Vasilevsky. I mean, they've had, what, 62 chances, Montreal, and they've scored a grand total of two goals. So it's going to be all about if they're able to have a better presence in front of the net than they've had in the first couple of games. It almost sounds like they've taken over the Vegas Golden Knights role in this series as opposed to the last series and that there weren't enough guys around the net to give Price a hard time. We're seeing the same thing out of Montreal right now against Tampa Bay. And listen, Tampa Bay still has Blake Coleman on the ice. I mean, they made one of the best trades we've seen in quite a while last year. Uh, and we've seen a couple of players, including Coleman, for the Lightning, just be that instigator to push them over the bump. I think the best play, I had the under last game when we cashed. I think the best play in this game, Montreal's got to come out steaming. I like them in the first period. Uh, Vegas books basically have them around plus $1.10 in the first period. I don't know that they can keep that up and win over the course of an entire game. And, and I got one quick note for you guys. Teams that go up 2-0 in the Stanley Cup Finals are 46-5 and all time. The Lightning are 8-0 in franchise history after taking a 2-0 lead in a playoff series. So I think you're going to see Montreal coming out as hard as they can, as focused as they can, knowing they need to get that lead. I bet them in the first period. If they end up in a scoreless tie or a tie at all, it's pushing money back. Uh, but I do think $1.10 plus $1.10, it's not a bad way to go. All right. Ace is a 15-point favorite tonight against the Sparks. Wow. Blow up, baby. <laughs> line. Went to 12, went, now it's uh, 15, you know, so there you go, man. There you go. I, I think they get the job done, TC. I know yeah. that's a whole lot of points, but, man, yeah. their opponent is missing several key players. Yes. So, yes. you know, small play for me, but I did lay it with the Aces. There you go. The truth. I'll be, we'll, we'll be joining you. There you go. All right, uh, Scott Spritzer, Doc Sports. Go check out his plays at DocSports.com. Fantastic. As always, my friend, let's get together. Let's get some grub here next week, man, as we uh, get ready for some NBA finals as well too i'm in take care guys all right take care there he is scott spricer fantastic job all right uh, real quick before we uh, leave here today a quick update on the trevor bauer situation Mm. uh we went in detail about uh, the sexual assault uh, allegations you know yesterday we went into that well uh dave roberts yesterday said hey he's going to be our our pitcher on sunday well the uh major league baseball took that out of his hands seven day um Leave of absence. Yep. Now, a leave of absence does not necessarily mean a suspension. He's still going to cash uh, collect his paycheck, but uh, he has 24 hours to appeal this. And uh, at this time, too, Major League Baseball could also double it to 14 days to really do more of a further investigation. Quick thoughts on this story, Sam. Yeah, um, right thing to do by Major League Baseball. Thought uh, they were a little slow in, in getting the wheels uh, spinning, but better late than never. And uh, this is a really, really serious situation that needs to be addressed in a serious manner, and I'm glad that the, the steps are being taken in order to do that. All right. All right, so I want to thank uh, Stitch Duran coming by today, talking a little boxing. He's in Tyson Fury's corner, Tyson Fury's cut man, and we talked a little Fury Wilder 3. And uh, Scott Spritzer, of course, joined us talking a little handicapping with the NBA playoffs and NHL Stanley Cup. And our our guy, T.J. Reeves, want to thank him as well in Tampa Bay. But more importantly, Numchuck, thank you. Back at the studio, appreciate it. And I hope Ballpark Frank uh, gets well soon. Hopefully he'll be back with us on Monday. And uh, Sam Gordon, appreciate you 
being here today, chopping it up oh, on all sports all around. My pleasure, TC. Yeah. I follow your lead. There you go, man. I appreciate it. All right, if you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Check out Sam. Great follow on Twitter at BySamGordon. And he's got great stuff coming up here with the Aces game tonight at the Las Vegas Review Journal and plenty of boxing here as well. Always uh, check Sam out. All right, uh, have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy the 4th. We will be on the air Monday, so join us there. We've got a 4th of July little recap weekend. And, again, if you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com.